plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome to another Locked On Cowboys. I'm Drew Davison of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, and today's episode is actually a special one. We got Sam Ekstrom from Locked On Vikings. We are going to discuss tonight's game against the Vikings. Cowboys carrying a 10-game winning streak into Minneapolis, but the Vikings played good defense, as we've uh, talked about all week. Sam, how, how do you feel the Vikings are uh, set going into this game? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for calling, uh, Drew. It's good to hear from you. I uh, hope you're enjoying your time here in Minneapolis. The Vikings, I think, went into this game with confidence. I think there's certainly a, a level of desperation on this Minnesota team. And I think there's a lot of people in this market who are anticipating maybe a trap game scenario for Dallas. You know, a game where Minnesota just wants it more, needs it more, comes out at home playing well and pulls the upset. But then we get the sudden news, uh, breaking news last night about 12 hours ago. I'm not sure if you've heard much about this, Drew, but Mike Zimmer, who has been dealing with a torn retina in his right eye, went in for emergency surgery uh, last night and is questionable to coach in tonight's game, which really throws a wrench into the entire thing. Mike Zimmer is, I mean, he's the defensive genius of this team. He's the heart and soul of that defense. He calls the plays. He dials up the blitzes. And without Mike Zimmer, uh, that's certainly another hurdle for this defense to face against a very good Cowboys offense. And we will learn at 10 a.m. Central Time from Rick Spielman via conference call who the interim coach will be. Will it be Pat Shermer? Will it be Tony Sperano? Will it be special teams coordinator Mike Prefer? We're not sure at this moment, but it's just another unexpected, unwanted twist in this wild and crazy Viking season. Right. Well, and everyone at the Cowboys always has good things to say about Mike Zimmer. And, and I, I did see that, you know, he had to go in for that eye surgery. And, and uh, it's certainly, you know, not – Obviously, that's first and foremost. He's got to make sure he's healthy and right. But uh, but Jerry Jones just uh, had so much praise for Mike Zimmer uh, throughout the week, just calling him a defensive genius. And, you know, of course, he spent a decade uh, as an assistant with the Cowboys. So hopefully he's good uh, to coach tonight. But as you said, we will see. But I, I do think from a defensive standpoint, no team has really figured out how to slow down this offense, this Cowboys offense. When you look at Dak Prescott, he's posted over 100 pass rating uh, during this uh, uh, 10-game winning streak. You look at Ezekiel Elliott leading the league in rushing, and, and, you know, they're second in rushing right now. Uh, They they just got passed by, you know, by .3 yards or whatever. But still, if if they can establish the run with Ezekiel Elliott, and as good as the Vikings defense has been, you know, second in in allowing points at 17.5, but the run defense has not been great. Do you think they're going to have the the, uh, wherewithal to kind of contain Ezekiel Elliott in the Cowboys offense? It's a great question, and I don't think we know if the Vikings are capable. The Vikings started off the season much better in their run defense, It was an area in which they struggled the two previous seasons under Mike Zimmer. 
They got off to a hot start. They were eighth at one point in run defense, top quarter of the league. But the last month or so, kind of during this this skid that the Vikings are on, they've given up big runs to Jordan Howard of Chicago, Theo Riddick of Detroit. David Johnson, two weeks ago, had a huge first half at U.S. Bank Stadium, and then the Vikings shut him down in the second half when Bruce Arians abandoned the run. But they have been susceptible to big running games, or at least giving up singular big runs against opposing running backs, kind of uh, susceptible to that big play. They're still 13th in the league against the run, but I think they've been playing a little bit worse than the stats may indicate against the rush, so they are putting a lot of resources into stopping Elliott. I asked uh, George Edwards, the defensive coordinator, how they kind of balance stopping the run versus stopping Dez in the secondary, and he seemed to be pretty intent on stopping the run first, which I think can put Dak Prescott in some unfavorable situations, some third and longs, and that's when the Vikings like to strike with the blitz. They're not actually a big blitzing team. You hear a lot about the double A gap gap stuff with Mike Zimmer, but they only use it in select situations, and they usually prefer to wait until it's third and long to dial that up, and when they do, it's very effective, and recently they have been getting home more, whether it's been against Carson Palmer or Matt Stafford, but it's a whole new beast tonight in Dak Prescott, who is far more mobile, and mobile quarterbacks have have kind of burned the Vikings in the past, And, and I'm wondering, Drew, if you can maybe enlighten me you know I haven't seen a lot of the Cowboys this year but I've seen enough to understand that Prescott and Elliott are special rookie players and with a 10-1 record it's really hard to find weaknesses in any area of this Cowboys team but especially on offense if there are weaknesses Drew particularly with Elliott and Prescott what do you think they are? Well, I'll start with Ezekiel Elliott and he's a guy who just keeps coming after defenses and really imposes his will and the offensive line has a lot to do with it but I am I think with both of them I know it's cliche but I especially for Ezekiel Elliott I wonder if there will be a quote-unquote rookie wall because of how much workload he's getting every week and the Cowboys are not planning to limit you know his carries or his touches so part of me wonders if eventually that'll catch up to him we haven't seen it yet but I think you know, we, we might be able to see it. And earlier this year, he did fumble twice in the Washington Redskins game in week two. He's taken care of the ball since then. But I do think, you know, if there's a weakness, I think, you know, he could be suspect to, uh, uh, you know, maybe fumbling, especially against a defense like the Vikings. As far as Dak Prescott, and my listeners have heard me say it all the time, there has yet to be a defense that has really rattled him. There's yet to be a uh uh, situation that's really rattled him and he's just had so much poise and I think uh, you know the here in the last few weeks for the Cowboys the passing games kind of open up the running game because as you said defenses are trying to take away Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott's done a nice job of finding the open receiver he's taken more chances down the field so he has really grown but I, I do think and this is why I think the Vikings have a chance because I think a guy, a defensive guru, kind of like Mike Zimmer, might be able to formulate a game plan, and, and they got the talent on the defensive side of the ball where they might be able to finally, uh, uh, you know, kind of force Dak Prescott into a bad game. He has yet to have a bad game. It happens to everyone. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, all of them have bad games. I think Dak Prescott, the, the, the big question with him is, when is that bad game going to come and Uh, furthermore, how how does he bounce back from it? So I do think the Vikings, 
uh, uh, more so than even the Steelers or the Ravens who the Cowboys have played, I think the Vikings have a chance to really uh, rattle them. And from what I've heard, U.S. Bank Stadium gets real loud and real electric. So I, I will be interested to see how this Vikings defense game plans. And if they, kind of like you said, if they bring more blitzes than they usually do against these rookies. Yeah, you're going to enjoy the stadium. It's a really good time. You know, from a quarterback standpoint between Prescott and Romo, I think it goes without saying that Prescott is more mobile than the statuesque Tony Romo. But in terms of throws, are are there throws that Prescott can make that Romo couldn't and vice versa? Are there throws that Romo could make that Prescott still can't? Uh, How would you compare and contrast those two quarterbacks? Well, I mean, this is, obviously a very hot topic in, in Dallas because the, the, there is still a, a faction of the fan base who feels Tony Romo is, is better equipped to make him or take him on a deeper run. And, and the throws that Tony makes over Dak is, you know, he takes more chances down the field. He, you know, he'll, he sees things maybe a little quicker than, than a Dak would. But the problem with that is if that, if Tony Romo, you know, as good as he, as he might be better at finding the deep ball, but with that being said, that that is more prone to interception. So uh, Dak Prescott's only thrown two interceptions, 17 touchdowns. So it's hard to knock Dak Prescott for maybe not taking more chances down the field. But I, I will say this, Dak Prescott's deep ball uh, ha- has an odd low trajectory. It's not like a, a, a nice high uh, deep ball, but, I mean, that's just, uh, uh, I, I don't think that really matters, but I, I do think Tony Romo is better at reading defenses and, and has a quicker read and is willing to make take more chances down the field. But that's not necessarily saying Dak Prescott's making bad reads or, or what have you. So uh, I, I do think you know Dak, the mobility factor gives gives the Cowboys an edge. So. Uh, and, you know, they've mixed in some zone read stuff with, with Zeke and Dak, you know, the stuff they ran in college, and it's been pretty effective. So I will be interesting to see how the Vikings kind of handle Dak outside. You know, if he gets outside the pocket, if they're going to have a linebacker kind of shadow him and make sure uh, he, he doesn't beat them with their legs. When you mention words like mobility and phrases like deep ball, to Vikings fans, that is like a solar eclipse or a supernova. The, the, the Vikings haven't had that all season, sans Teddy Bridgewater, uh, with Sam Bradford as a very immobile quarterback and sort of Carson Palmer-like in that he hangs in the pocket, he can make a lot of throws, but he can't improvise and he can't escape like a guy like Prescott can or a guy like Kaepernick or Aaron Rodgers could. And it's been frustrating because the offensive line's been so bad that oftentimes you need a quarterback who can slither out of the pocket and make a play on the run. Bradford doesn't have that ability. And from a game plan standpoint, also I think a side effect of the bad offensive line, the throws have been excruciatingly short. The Vikings have yet to find a happy medium with the passing game because at first it was Norv Turner running the show, remember, through the first seven games. And the Vikings were still doing a lot of deeper drops. They were trying to work the ball downfield, running some more longer developing vertical routes. And Bradford just didn't have the time to get rid of the ball. So then Norv Turner resigns. Pat Shermer comes in and he's instituted a very quick hitting passing game, but it's at the point now. And if you saw the Thanksgiving game against Detroit, Vikings fans are still bitter is that they were constantly throwing it short of the sticks on third down. They had one of the lowest depth of targets in the NFL this year. And you know, it's one of those things where 
does is the Dallas defensive line going to be good enough that they can pressure Bradford and keep forcing that ball out quickly? Because if the Vikings don't have a vertical passing game, you know, they become very one dimensional. Right. Well, and just real quick, I did find it somewhat here, and I understand why Vikings fans would be frustrated. I think Bradford completed, what, 30, 31 passes last week and had 200-some-odd yards. So mm-hmm. uh, clearly not, you know, when you throw complete 30 passes, you expect that number to be closer to 300 instead of closer to 200. But I do think, you know, good news for the Vikings. I know their offensive line's been been shaky, but the Cowboys have not – really had a pass rush in the outside of you know I, the, the sexy matchups kind of the Cowboys offense versus Vikings defense but but when the Cowboys are talking about a playoff run and, and stuff like that the, this is the game where I think the defensive line for the Cowboys really needs to shine I mean they didn't have a sack last week against Washington on Thanksgiving Kirk Cousins threw it 53 times and they didn't get home once so that just kind of speaks volumes as to how bad this pass rush has been, but they do have some talent. Demarcus Lawrence uh, has been a quote-unquote second-half player in, in his young career, so they got some hope, but if they're not able to get to Sam Bradford, as you said, not a very mobile quarterback, uh, the, the playoff run, I mean, if the Cowboys are going to make a same playoff run, they need to have some sort of pass rush, and, and I think tonight they, they've, got, they've got a chance. And I think guys to watch for, David Irving, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, Tyrone Crawford, uh, leads the team with a whopping three-and-a-half sacks. So uh, <laughs> so it, it will be interesting to see how they do it. I, I will – and I guess with that being said, do you think the Vikings are going to rely more – look more to beat the Cowboys through the run or the pass uh, just – you know, what's your gut instinct there? Well, I've already aired my complaints kind of on behalf of the fans about the pass, but they really, they're forced to win with the pass because their run game has shown no semblance of life all season. They're averaging 2.8 yards per carry. They're the worst rushing team in the NFL, and it's not particularly close. They have just about a thousand fewer yards than the Dallas Cowboys on the ground. A thousand fewer yards. Cowboys are more than doubling the Vikings on the ground this year. And granted, they've rushed it 88 more times, but I mean, that's not making up the difference. The Vikings are a really poor running team and they've only had success on the ground when they run the wildcat wrinkle. Vikings brought in Tony Sperano as their offensive line coach who made the wildcat famous in Miami. And the Vikings have instituted that about 15 times this year, a couple times per game against Arizona. Two weeks ago, they ran it five times and they're averaging over five yards per carry when they use the Wildcats. So they're tossing that in a few times. They're keeping defenses honest, making them prepare for this little wrinkle. They run it with Jarek McKinnon taking the snap. Then they send Cordero Patterson in motion. Sometimes they get Matt Asiata or Stefan Diggs involved, and they just get their athletes creating misdirection and diversion. And that's the only time they've shown life in the running game. Other than that, uh, their offensive line has failed to get any push. They're letting the defensive line penetrate far too easily and get contact in the backfield. So that defensive line you've mentioned that hasn't really had much much pass rush, I'm curious how they'll fare against the run because so far opposing defenses are 11 for 11 in stopping the Vikings on the ground. 
if the Vikings could establish some semblance of run game, I think this would be a totally different story this year. I mean, if they, let's say that they were rushing at just a, you know, a mediocre four yards per carry, maybe they still had Adrian Peterson. I think Sam Bradford mm-hmm. would have had a much easier time. And granted, he's done well considering the circumstances coming in late, having no time to really learn this system and, and still throwing just three interceptions this year. He's done well, but he has not been helped by this line or this run game or having to switch coordinators midseason. It has been a lot thrown at Bradford. Right. Well, and I do think uh, it, Sam Bradford's thrown been thrown a lot, but he this is a defense he should be somewhat familiar with because playing with the Eagles last season, he saw him twice. And, and I think, you know, when, when you look at Sam Bradford, I think, uh, he does, as you said, he's got talent, not having the best season by any stretch, but the Cowboys secondary has been pretty bad. I mean, they're 31st in, in pass defense, and it will be something to watch to see how the Cowboys secondary responds if they take chances down the field, especially with a guy like Patterson or Diggs or, or what have you. And, and you know, I, I think the Cowboys secondary, they do get Barry Church back, a, a safety who you know, known in Dallas, probably not really much around the league, but he, he's second in the team in tackles. He's missed the last four games with a uh, broken forearm. But he will return, so that should help. Uh, but the Cowboys secondary, they've lost Mo Claiborne, and they've lost J.J. Wilcox now. Uh, so the, the secondary is suspect, and, and you know, the, the Redskins were able to beat him deep. They uh, Kirk Cousins and Deshaun Jackson hit up uh 67-yard touchdown pass last week, so so uh, there are chances if, if the Vikings take chances deep, uh, uh, I think that they could burn the Cowboys a couple times. So with that being said, as you said, the Vikings haven't been known to take many chances deep, have they? No, they haven't. Stefan Diggs had a game about a month ago where he had 13 catches for 80 yards, 13 for 80. I think that was against Detroit. Then the week after that, he he had 13 catches again, but he had a much better 164. So Diggs has the ability to rack up the yards after catch, but the Vikings have to use him properly. I mean, lately, they've been so set on these underneath passes that Diggs has been really catching the ball, kind of coming back to the quarterback, which neutralizes his ability to get up to full speed and get downfield. He's unbelievable in the open field, almost always makes the first guy miss. He can juke on a dime if the Vikings can get him on some vertical routes where he's moving downfield catching it in stride he has the ability to have a huge game week two against Green Bay this season he had 182 yards and about 100 of that was after the catch so the Vikings are very good at getting the ball to their athletes Cordero Patterson has been resurgent in this offense they'll probably use him on two or three wide receiver screens tonight and just get him out in space He's obviously a weapon in the kick return game as well. He had a 104-yard kick return against Arizona two weeks ago. Diggs and Patterson are huge threats within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, but the guy they actually like to go downfield with this year is Adam Thielen, who I think to a lot of other teams in the NFL is sort of a, a foreign entity. They're not sure who this Thielen kid is, but here in Minnesota, we've watched his career pretty closely. He grew up in Minnesota. He went to Division II Mankato. Then he got on the Vikings practice squad, moved his way up to a special team guy, and now this year has emerged as their number two receiver behind Stefan Diggs. He had a 36-yard touchdown against Houston back in week five. 
Uh, he had a long touchdown catch against Arizona two weeks ago, and, and he's a great vertical route runner. So I'd watch Adam Thielen uh, if the Vikings are going to get the ball downfield at all. I think he's going to be a, kind of a sleeper in this game. Right. Well, and Sam, uh, one final thing. Speaking of the Vikings receivers, a guy who I thought was going to have a great year, Laquan Treadwell, why don't you think he's kind of taken off? And he's a guy a lot of people thought the Cowboys might seriously consider at four overall because to pair with Des Bryant, and Des Bryant's been injury-prone here the last couple of seasons, so they thought Lacron Treadwell could make some sense uh, to really just add another weapon. To, uh, clearly they made the right choice going with Ezekiel Elliott with the type of season he's having. But, but why do you think Treadwell hasn't taken off maybe uh, – I think, As most expected. Yeah, I think the reasons are twofold here. Number one is you have to account for the emergence of other receivers. It's not like the Vikings cupboard is completely bare at wide receiver. And, I mean, they're getting no production from them, and they still have this guy Treadwell on the sideline. That's not the case. Stephon Diggs is having a fantastic year. We just touched on how Patterson has resurrected his own career, and Adam Thielen's been great. So they've got three very solid wide receivers who are carrying most of that load. And then the other reason is just on Treadwell himself. You know, we get to watch the entirety of practice throughout the month of August and then into September with the media, and frankly, Laquan Treadwell was not great at the things I th- people expected him to be great at. He rarely made a play going up against a cornerback and, and just overpowering them. He rarely made catches outside of a very small radius, kind of, you know, around the numbers. He wasn't a guy who could uh, make a lot of difficult catches, and he was dropping a number of easy catches. So early on, his hands were definitely an issue. His speed has always been suspect, and you know, with that broken leg he suffered right. at Ole Miss, I think it took him over a year just to get back up to where he, how he was formerly running. So between the hands, between the speed and the separation, and I think being a little uh, physically intimidating, as surprisingly as that is against NFL cornerbacks, he's had a tough time integrating into the system. I think he only has one catch this year, which he got against uh, Detroit in week nine. Uh, He has been used on special teams a bit. He's also dealt with some injuries. He had a hand and a foot issue that have been nagging him a little bit. He has not been a a perfect model of health. So for one reason or another, he hasn't found his way onto the field. I'm not sure it's reason to hit the panic button yet. I mean, the Vikings do have Charles Johnson as a free agent this offseason. Cordero Patterson is going to be a free agent. Uh, I think the Vikings would like him back. But there's a possibility they could lose one or two receivers in which case Treadwell would move his way up the depth chart and I'm sure next year get uh, significantly more snaps. Right, well, and I always think of uh, a guy like Melvin Gordon, the Chargers running back who had a terrible rookie year and and clearly has emerged. So uh, certainly Treadwell, as you said, could come back. But uh, before we end, real quick, Sam, prediction for tonight. Man, Drew, I was uh, I was totally going to pick the Vikings upset, and I called it yesterday with Sage Rosenfels, my guest. And I should probably stick to my guns because I still felt like the Vikings came into this game really needing a win. They've been really good at home, and I was going to take them by four. I think uh, there's a little wrench in my plan now with no Mike Zimmer, if indeed he's he's out. I think uh, I'm hoping for the Vikings' sake that maybe this was just a motivational ploy and that Mike Zimmer will show up with a patch on his eye and uh, and get this team even, even more fired up. Um, 
you know, playing a uh, coaching half blind. I think that'd be quite a quite a tactic. But uh, in all seriousness, I think the Vikings probably um, are are going to have a, they're going to have a tough time with this game just because of the because of the run, because of the mobility of Prescott. Uh, that being said, I just have to keep my credibility and go with the Vikings upset. I'll go twenty two twenty Minnesota at home. What do you think? Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I was with you. I, I, I thought, I think this is the game the Cowboys lose, and I don't think it's a bad loss because uh, when they're at, this is the third game in 12 days. They got the Giants coming up a week from Sunday. So I, I, my gut instinct was, was Vikings. So like you said, Mike Zimmer uh, potentially not coaching and did throw a wrench. But I, in the paper, it's already in print. I picked the Vikings. 23 to 20. I do think they get it done. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I, it just has a feel like the special teams could be a difference in this game. You know, whether Patterson gets a, you know, a nice long return or something like that. So I do think this is, you know, kind of the game the Cowboys lose. Uh, third game in 12 days. I think it, the, it eventually catches up with them. And, you know, I, I don't see the Cowboys going 15 and one. So, they're going to have a stumble here at some point. And, of course, I said that, you know, when they had the Ravens and Redskins, I thought they'd lose one of those two, uh, won both of them. So I could be wrong. But I think, you know, the Cowboys, all those factors could just finally catch up with them. And like I said, Dak Prescott is going to have a bad game at some point. I think the Vikings defense has enough talent that, you know, that they've got – they probably have the best shot of anyone – to kind of rattle back Prescott for the first time. I bet your Twitter followers at Drew Davison are loving that prediction. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I I, I just got to keep it real sometimes, you know. So, <laughs> but uh, Sam, I appreciate you coming on Locked On Cowboys, and it's always good to be on Locked On Vikings. Hey, it's good to have you, Drew, at Drew Davison of Locked On Cowboys. That's a crossover podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll see you tonight at the stadium, Drew. Yeah, it should be fun. Looking forward to checking out U.S. Bank Stadium for the first time. Vikings versus Cowboys tonight at the new stadium. I'll have a recap Friday morning with Sage Rosenfels, and I'm sure Drew will be covering it like a blanket at Locked On Cowboys as well. Enjoy the game, everybody. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.